0: you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening.
1: We're drawn near to God's goodness today. I was thinking with all of the limits on our on our life right now, we might be at home feeling a little discontent, a, a little dissatisfied with what we can't do, where we can't go. You know, that kind of thing. When we made a decision to, to not come back to church um, here in the first couple Sundays of May. You know, there was a hard decision for our elders to make. None of us wanted to make it. And so, you know, this could be a time when we're, when we're feeling that. You know, we, we want our freedom back. We want to go back to seeing each other and doing life as normal. Um, so the answer to that is to, is to draw near to God's goodness uh, so that we can endure these circumstances that we're in and our discontent and dissatisfaction doesn't get the best of us. It takes some effort to do that, so we're going we're gonna to work on it uh, this morning. So Mr. Otha Anders of Ruston, Louisiana, has spent 45 years picking up something that most of us ignore, pennies. And in October 2015, the 74-year-old Anders decided it was time to take his pennies to the bank and deposit them. So he got together all 15 of his five-gallon buckets of pennies, and he took them to the bank. Depositing $5,636.14. It took the bank coin machines over five hours to count through all of those pennies. Now, the inspiring story uh, of Mr. Anders' life is that each new penny on the ground served for him as a reminder to return thanks to God for who he is and is. And his goodness. He told reporters, he said, I became convinced that spotting a lost or dropped penny on the ground was God's gift to me to remind me of him and to give him thanks. And then he went on to say, you know, there's been days when I failed to pray, and more often than not, a penny would show up on my path, reminding me to lift up my gratitude. And I thought that story was kind of amazing. Pennies! Pennies! The guy has been collecting pennies since I was three years old. Pennies. You know, we all need a reminder of God's goodness in our life. We all need to have help remembering that because we're human. And it's easy to forget and it's easy even not to see it. I mean, it's kind of like we're sitting at home in our living room and our... Our living room is cluttered with thousands and thousands of pennies, and we're not satisfied We're discontent because we're looking for dollar bills. That's kind of our life. <laughs> so this morning we're going to use Psalm 103 that speaks a lot about the goodness of God, a lot about His, His goodness, and ask the Holy Spirit to help us draw near to Him and His goodness, to help us in this time of dissatisfaction and discontent. So let's pray right now and ask the Lord... Uh, to help us, Heavenly Father, we um, come before you this morning, and um, our hearts are full of gratitude that we can set aside time that we can uh, call, an- that we can answer that invitation that you have to us to draw near. We thank you, Lord, for that promise that you gave us in james four eight that says draw near to God, and he will draw near to you it 's a promise, no conditions attached. So this morning, Lord, we want to draw near to you. We've been trying to stay home for uh, days and days. We've been trying to stay away from people worried about a virus, trying to keep other people healthy. Uh, And so, Lord, we're feeling that these days. And and so we want to remember, we want to be reminded this morning of, of your goodness to us, and not just a general goodness, but your special, personal, specific goodness to each one of us in our lives. So I pray today as we go through uh, Psalm 103, that you would uh, give people eyes to see the pennies in their path this morning, as we look at uh, this beautiful these beautiful words from King David. So, in Jesus' name, we pray, Amen. So, Psalm 103, uh, written by King David, and apparently he he wrote it in an effort to help him be reminded of the goodness. of of God. So uh, the first six verses we're going to start with, let me read those uh, to jump in here. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me, forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. And crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. So the psalm, it starts and it ends at the same place. By by giving praise to God. Uh, David is not wanting to be reserved in this. He's like, let all that I am praise the Lord. Let all that I am, I'm putting my whole heart into this thing. I'm not holding back. I don't care who's watching. I don't care what it sounds like. I'm going to give it all. I'm praising the Lord. I don't ever want to forget the good things he does for me. And then he goes through this good list. David gives us a good good list in his life. He says in verse 3, he forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. He renews my youth like like the eagles. He gives people justice. So forgiveness, redemption, honoring, filling, renewing, and justice. That's a pretty good, good list. Pretty good, good list. Now, in in verse 2, we should note that David says that these are not just things that God has done in the past. These are things that he does in the present. He is doing them presently in his life, and he does them presently in our life. These things are not just past. They are present. Uh, So the first one, he forgives all my sins. Now, for David that happened through the Jewish sacrificial system that God had given his people. They had had instructed them to bring animals, bulls, goats, uh, sheep, or doves to the temple and have them sacrificed for the forgiveness of of their sins. So the sin of a family would be transferred to an animal, and and the blood that was poured out was a way that God provided temporary forgiveness uh, to his, his people. Um, but the old sacrificial system was a limited system. Um, and it was all set up really to point to a better sacrifice. The problem was with that system is that it, it could forgive sin, but it couldn't remove sin. And so it's kind of like, if you think of it in a simple way, you're clean on the outside, but on the inside you're still dirty. Hebrews 10 4 said, the blood of bulls and goats cannot remove Sin, and so all of this pointed forward uh, to this better sacrifice, uh, one that would touch our hearts, one that would take away sin. John the Baptist, he, uh, when he saw Jesus, he said of him, "This is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world." It isn't just forgive sin; he takes away. The sin of the world. So one day, God is going to remove evil from our world. I mean, uh, Revelation, uh, it says in there that God says, He he says, I am making all things new. And that new world is not going to have any evil in it. And that sounds really great to us until we recognize that a little bit of that evil is within us. And we got a big problem then. But God has provided a way for even that evil to be forgiven and to be removed from our hearts. And that was his son Jesus. His perfect son Jesus. He was sent here. And he, he came and he lived our life. Um, except he did it without sin. He did it without evil in him. And then he died our death. Because of our sin. He, he, he gave himself the sinful man. Crucified on a cross. Blood poured out. So that our sins could be forgiven. That was the Lamb of God. And then he died our death, buried in a tomb, and then beat it by rising from the grave so that anyone who would look to him, who would call upon his name, believing in him, trusting in him, would be saved. Their sins forgiven. So God's forgiveness didn't just happen in the past when the cross happened, it happens in the present today. It happened in my in my study this morning, as I turn to God and ask Him to forgive me of my sins. It can happen for anyone who would do that. Anybody who would look to the Son and, and believe that He is the perfect Son of God. He's the Lamb of God who was sacrificed to take away the sin of the world. Now, when, when you do that the first time, amazing things happen in your life. It's called being born again. You get a new heart. The Bible calls it a heart of flesh. It throws out the stony, stubborn heart. Gives you a heart of flesh, one that beats to want to follow God. And so you also get a new spirit. God's Holy Spirit gets gets put in you when you believe. You you get a new life. The Bible says you're a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You get a new purpose in your life. To tell other people about the Lamb of God. And you get a new future with God. Totally different future awaits. Now, that does not mean that you'll never sin again, unfortunately. Um, you know, we're, we're in process after that. And, and the Holy Spirit works on us to change us and to mold us into looking more like His Son. But along the way, we're still going to commit sin. But while this does mean that all that sin has been paid for, it's already forgiven, it is gone. But it's through Jesus, and only Jesus that we can find forgiveness in God. And He's doing it today, and He will do it for you if you ask Him. He will not turn you away. God forgives all of your sin. God heals all of your diseases. Now, I thought that was a pretty amazing statement to make, and it started me thinking about how He created us. You know, and uh, we were created to heal. Our bodies were given the system... Uh, that, that is a self-learning system to overcome things that we ingest, bacteria, viruses, all of these things, to beat all of that. That's kind of amazing. We were created to heal. When we fall down, we get scraped up, our body immediately goes into healing action. Our daughter Lucy uh, was out riding a skateboard in our driveway a couple of days ago. And our driveway is not the greatest skateboard park. It has a lot of pits and lines in it. And she took a fall. Uh, she, she actually bit it pretty hard. And uh, her right knee took the brunt of that fall. And it looked really ugly. I mean, it, it was gross. And it uh, it looks a lot better today. But listen, she came in and all we did was we we cleaned it up a little bit and we put some antiseptic ointment on it. Then we covered it up and in a few days we uncovered it and voila! God was healing Lucy's knee. Now she's got some new skin growing over it. It doesn't look kind of like the old skin. But that's kind of how it is in this world when we fall down and we get bumps and bruises and wounds and we get scars from this life. But you know what? We do not want to miss the miracle that we are. We are created to heal. And that is God's goodness to us. He says that God also redeems us from death. So as we age in this world, our bodies, um, you know, we aren't created perfect. And so every little virus and thing that we run into, uh, sometimes we need help to heal. And as we age, uh, we need more help to heal. Um, so we don't heal as fast. And, and all of that is, is due to the fragile nature of these bodies that we have. See, we weren't created to last after the fall. <laughs> we were created for eternity. And so then the fall changed all that when we fell in the garden and sin was brought into the world. But God has made provision for even that when we believe in Jesus. Uh, since Jesus conquered death by rising from the grave that he was put in, anyone looking to him can also look forward to a brand new body in the future. And that body will be made for eternity. It will, be, it will never have to heal it will be amazing. Now, other versions of the Bible uh, say this this part of David's list as God redeems us from the pit, and that kind of makes us think more about the death that we experience right now and in the in the day to day of our of our life. God's doing this in the present. So, all of the ways that this fallen world gets us into a pit, um, all of the ways that our sin has us stuck in a pit. All of that, God can and does lift us out of that by pouring out His goodness on, on us. And when we recognize that and when we receive that, it kind of changes the whole experience, everything that happened to us. It changes it. We even sometimes thank God for the pit because it caused us to see His goodness. We thank Him for uh, the suffering. So sometimes His goodness shows up in the in the middle of those difficulties and in the middle of the pit and helps us get through it to get out of it. And sometimes he just pulls us right out of the pit. He just gets rid of the difficulties. When either of those things happen, what's going on is there's an exchange. There's a redemption. Um, so we have bad, God gives us good. We have death, God gives us life. That's a that's re- redemption. Something has been exchanged. And that's a good thing. Uh, David says that God crowns crowns him with love and tender mercies. Uh, And that's paired with that redemption. And that's all all goodness. When when God shows up with his goodness in your life, it's like he's, he's crowning you with it. He's honoring you with it, with his love, with his mercy, with his justice, with his righteousness. And you think about a crown and what that represents. That represents royalty. That represents power. It represents leadership and responsibility. All of those things God places on us as followers of Christ, as believers in Jesus. And then, um, and then he counts on us to be uh, conduits of that goodness. Sometimes God's goodness flows through us to other people. A lot of times. And that's his goodness too. What we are being blessed with isn't just for our life, it's for the life of others. Verse five says, He fills my life with good things. Fills my life with good things. So he's placed pennies on our path all over the place for us to, to pick up and to see. And I was thinking about this, you know, I've got a I've got a roof over my head, I've got food in my refrigerator, I've got a family uh, that loves me. I've got a church family uh, that loves me and supports me. I've got cars that work most of the time. I've got a Bible that I can read without fear. I have a wife who oozes wisdom and grace and loves me. That's good. That's good news. I've got five kids that I love, and each one of them make me proud, not to mention the one I added through marriage. Um, So, you know, really I've got six that make me proud. I've got work to do that impacts eternity. I've got friends that stick by me. I just, I mean, I think it took me about two minutes, maybe not even that long, to think of that list, list of good things. And I I could go on, but I hope you get the point. There's Pennies of goodness scattered in your life all along your path and that God has filled up your life with. And that is a good thing. Second half of verse 5 speaks about God renewing our youth like eagles. So that's a reference to Isaiah 40 verse 31, that verse says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So outwardly we are wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So when we see a penny of God's goodness on our path and we pick it up, forget about good luck. (laughs) Forget about that. We get wind in our sails. We get light for our darkness. We get strength for our weakness. We get drink for our thirst. Who needs good luck when we have all these good things come to our life? God renews us on the inside. When we recognize when we recognize that God is with us, that God is for us, even if our prayers go unanswered, even if our circumstances do not change, what happens when we recognize God is with us, God is for us, mini revival. I'm telling you, it happens right in here. And, and kind of nothing else seems to matter when God is with us and God is for us. It's a good, good thing. Verse 6 speaks about the, the, God making things right. For, for those that are treated unfairly, and we might kind of hold back on that and go, whoa, 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 wait a second. Now we can we can see a lot of things that aren't seemingly right for people. They aren't uh, people are you know being treated unfairly. It, it, the world is not uh, you know a, a world of justice. Um, You know, but we sort of have to step back and we have to remember that we are looking through our eyes, our human eyes, and we have our own sense of justice and what is right and what is wrong. And we don't have the whole story. We don't know all the details, but God is way above that. And he is the perfect judge and has the right, perfect sense of justice. And he can see things that are going on in our world a lot different than we see them. And so I can promise you that what David says here is absolutely true, that God is making things right and bringing justice to those who are being treated unfairly and knowing just when he's supposed to do that. So do you know about all of this goodness? Do you know about the pennies? I mean, in these days of limited freedom and feeling the the walls of our house and, you know, complaining and feeling restless and discontent, dissatisfied, wanting life to go back to normal, God's goodness is the answer. Finding the pennies that He's placed in your life. Goodness pennies. I should have brought some and gave them to everybody. It wouldn't have only taken like 10 cents today. (laughs) Goodness pennies. I want to encourage you to make a good list today. Make a good list and allow that to, to speak to your heart. And just keep adding to it every day as you think of something good. The Bible says that, all good gifts come down from the Father of heavenly Lights, who he does not change with the shifting shadows. So if you find a good penny in your life, it was given to you by God. So find them, make a list and keep adding to it. Because when you add them all up, it is going to be worth way more than $5,600 to you. And there is just no way that your discontent and dissatisfaction will stand up to the goodness of God in your life. God's goodness is humbling. It's humbling, and we don't deserve it. And so when we see it, ah, it just changes everything. So the goodness of God, it's heart-changing, it's healing, it's redeeming, honoring, renewing, and justifying. We need to remember it because it's easy to forget. So I sort of step back from that and I go, how can this be? How can the God of the universe, the sovereign God of the universe, who's all-powerful, almighty, you know, be pouring out all of this goodness on this humanity? And uh, as I read further, David continues with the good list, but he starts to explain the goodness of God, why that happens. And so let's read verses 7 to 18. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Like The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like the grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear Him. His salvation extends to the children's children. of Those who are faithful to His covenant, of those who obey His commandments. So the reason for all this goodness from God is because of who God is. God is love. God is good. God is merciful. He's compassionate. He is hard to make mad. He never stops loving us. When he does get angry, he doesn't hold grudges. He doesn't treat us like we, like we deserve to be treated. So you could say, in all of this world, that God is the one who is being treated unfairly. I mean, his creation rebelled against him. His creation speaks ill of him. His creation tries to live life without him, running away from him. His creation tries to replace him with created things. All of these things we do. But his love for us is higher than the heavens are from the earth. That's infinite. So that tells us there is nothing, there is nothing you can do to make God love you less. There is nothing you can do to make God leave you alone. You may say you don't want him. You may walk away from him, but he ain't leaving you alone. He is after you. (laughs) There's nothing you can do that will cause God to give up on you, abandon you, leave you to yourself. Nothing. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a believer or not. God wants you to know his son. And he is after your heart. He is love. It is not in his character to not love you. (laughs) But what about this wrath of God? Huh? I mean... You know, I keep hearing God's, God has God's wrath is going to come on mankind. He's going to clean this place up. He's going to send people to hell. Well, the God God is going uh, to bring His wrath on our world, but that is because of the sin of mankind, not because of mankind. And God never sends someone to hell. People choose that by not turning to His Son and believing. And so yes, God is going to come and start all things new. But there's a day today that we have that He's given us as a penny on our path. And it's a day for us to believe. For us to trust. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. And, you know, that's that's the way that God has, has given us to make verse 12 true. It says, he removes our sins far from us as the east is from the west. Oh. How far is that? He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. So that means that since Jesus died for us to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us on the inside, those sins are gone. They will never hold us hostage again. They will never be brought up again by God. They have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. The Bible says we become white as snow. Jesus takes our unrighteousness. We put on His righteousness. It's amazing. God is like a father to his children. Tender and compassionate to those who respect him. Think of the best dad that you can think of. You know, father knows the best kind of dad. Best dad you can think of. If it's not your dad, think of another dad. You know, God is better than that dad. God is a good, good father. I know a lot of us have a lot of pain and hurt in our families, what's happened to us. And so thinking of your dad is painful, but there's a Heavenly Father who's altogether different than your dad. And he loves you. Marianne Leotard, she wrote about her dad on her blog called The Sweet Relief of Grace. This is what she wrote she said, my dad kept a coin jar on his dresser. And every day when he got home from work, the first thing he did was he went upstairs and he would change his clothes. And you could hear the familiar jingle of change from his pocket going into this jar. It's a very comforting thing. She said, when I was about nine years old, I, I decided that some of dad's coins needed to be my coins. And so I would go into his room and take a few pennies or a few nickels. Just a little bit over time. Before I knew it, I successfully swindled my dad out of his loose change, and he didn't even know it. Sometime later, guilt gripped me, and I knew that I was stealing from my dad. So with a pounding heart, I penned out this letter of apology, and I folded it up, went into his room, and I tucked it under the coin jar with a pile of pennies for restitution. Then I went back to my room and waited till my dad got home to find that note. So he came home and he, he, I heard him come up the stairs, and he went to his room, and I heard the change going to the jar, and I waited. But nothing happened. He, he, didn't, he didn't show up at my room. Another day passed by and still nothing. And then another day and then another day until eventually I kind of forgot that I wrote the note. Then one day, out of the blue, my dad stepped into my bedroom and he said, Marianne, I got your note in the pennies. And all of a sudden I got this big lump in my throat like a marble. My heart raced. I was expecting some punishment. But what I saw was my dad had tears running down his cheeks. And that didn't make sense to me. I was the one that should have been crying. He was the one that was wrong. had every right to be mad at me and punish me. All he said was, thank you. And he gave me a big hug. And we never talked about it again. I stood there dumbfounded. Why? When I fully deserved my father's wrath, did he instead show me mercy? I didn't deserve it. I certainly didn't earn it. This was my first lesson on grace. Since then, I never get over the feeling. Of when it comes in my life. The experience of utter relief. Utter humility. Because I know how bad I am. And I know how good God is. When I receive his forgiveness. Grace is truly God's riches. At Christ's expense. Now that is just one ray of light. On the portrait of God. You know that we That we get in this life. God the Father. God takes the hit. (laughs) He's taken the hit. So that when we steal pennies. We don't pay for our crime. Because it's already been paid for. (laughs) We don't have to pay the pennies back. We don't have to go to jail. What wondrous love is this. Oh my soul. Oh my soul. What wondrous love is this, oh my soul. You know, in this life, we never get the full picture of God. We just get glimpses. Glimpses of who He is that help explain His goodness to us when we deserve something else. Now David, he keeps going. He says, God knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are made from dust. He knows our days are like grass and wildflowers, here today and gone tomorrow. The wind blows and we get blown away. Our lives are so short. We just have a few years and then in just a few years after we're gone, nobody even remembers our name or what we did. And God looks at all of that and it's close to his heart when he sees us and mercy gets stirred up in our Heavenly Father. So when we fall down, He doesn't kick us to the curb. He doesn't give us over to the enemy. He doesn't let us go. He just keeps loving us. He picks us back up. He dusts us off. He puts a little antiseptic ointment on our scrapes and covers it up and the healing begins. <laughs> All because of Jesus. His love remains forever. It says His salvation is available to the grandkids and beyond. It's all there for those who believe in his son do you have the right picture of God hanging on the living room wall of your heart I know it's incomplete it's incomplete but do the colors wash of love and grace and mercy or is there anger and meanness and fear and wrath who is your God So this this day, as you pick your pennies up, as you make your good list, I, I challenge you to look at that and try to explain it some other way. Try to explain all this goodness in your life. Is it just coincidence? Is it just fate? Or has the good hand of God been pouring out His goodness on you since the day you were born? Try it. To see what happens in your heart. So the psalm finishes where it began with, with praise. It's telling us how we should respond to all of this goodness. So let's, let's read those uh, 19 to 22. The Lord has made the heavens his throne, from there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord! You angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. So we have tasted uh, his goodness because he is good. So the only proper way that we can really respond to that is by Praising God is by returning thanks. And, and we want to do that like David says. I mean, David's like, hey, angels, hey, pay attention here. I need your attention. Be praising God in the highest heavens. Armies of angels, be praising God. All creation, be praising God. I'm going to praise God right now with all that is within me. And that's how we're going to close our service today. That's how we're going to draw near to God's goodness. You know, I, I think about... Um, I think about when uh, my kids come to me and they, they thank me for um, something that I did for them or they, they tell me I'm doing the dad thing all right. It blesses me. And so that's what we can do with God. We can bless God today uh, by praising him for who he is and by, by thanking him for all this goodness. Keep your eye out for the pennies and make your list.
0: Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly and Gracious Father, we are just so grateful for this time. That though we're apart, we know you're with us. And that your goodness abounds in pennies that we find. um, And the people that we are able to encounter. But your love is good. And you're very good to us. And we are so blessed. So blessed to have uh, the Church family, that though we are apart, we can still be together uh, through technology and other resources. Just to keep us connected um, in the ways that we're able to during this time. That though there is uncertainty, there is always certainty in you and your love for each of us. Heavenly Father, you have been so good to us. And how strange it is to be in your house of worship today, Lord, and to be nearly empty. But how good and wonderful it is that it is so full of the Holy Spirit and your presence. Father, I pray that each person listening in today that is praying with us now is filled with your Holy Spirit. And Father, as we, we hear this great hope coming that we get to come outside of our homes again, Father, we we pray that you've been preparing us in this time, that you have been filling us with the Holy Spirit, that we can share the good news, the good news of you, Father, that we can be a light to others as we are able to once again connect, to once again share your faith that we have in you. Father, it is so good to know you. It is so good to have you in our presence, and we thank you for being with us through this. We praise you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.